Welcome to the Solar O&M Insider, the first podcast series dedicated to solar PV operations, maintenance, and asset management. This series is brought to you by Electries, a global solar asset care innovation firm. I'm Glenna Wiseman of Identity3, your host. This is the third episode of our special series on the Global Solar Energy Standardization Initiative, or SESI, by IRENA and the Terawatt Initiative, with the support of Solar Power Europe and the Global Solar Council. December 7th, the work of these organizations along two parallel tracks comes together at the O&M and Asset Management Conference in London. To talk with us about these standardization milestones related to best practice guidelines and complementary legal contract templates are Sophie Dinganen, partner at Bird and Bird and one of the leads in the SESI O&M workgroup, Bruce Douglas, Chief Operating Officer and Deputy CEO of Solar Power Europe and Chairman Board of Directors for the Global Solar Council, Vasilis Papa Economou, Managing Director of Electris and Solar Power Europe's O&M Task Force Leader, and Jean Pascal Famba, Secretary General for the Terawatt Initiative. Welcome everyone to this uh, third episode of this special series on the Global Solar Energy um, Standardization Initiative uh, with uh, being put together on the global stage by IRENA and uh, Terawatt with the support of Solar Power Europe and the Global Solar Council. Uh, so let's start off. We have an event coming up here in December on the 7th, the O&M and Asset Management Conference. Um, there are parallel tracks, if you will, here between the SESI initiative and the um, Solar Power Europe O&M guidelines. Um, the O&M guidelines are moving into its second iteration. And so um, can, we, can we start with some perspective on the O&M guidelines and how, and how they differ and or contribute to the SESI initiative? Uh, maybe, Bruce, you could um, answer that for us and then followed by Vasilis. Sure. Um, so the the UNM guidelines came out of um, a work stream within Solar Power Europe. I mean, Solar Power Europe represents uh, companies active in the solar space across the value chain. And uh, one of our work streams is on operation and maintenance. And within that work stream, it was clear that um, within Europe uh, until uh, until this year, we do. We didn't have uh, best practice guidelines for how uh, O&M should be done on, on solar plants. Um, there's some work being done in the U.S., uh, but nothing in Europe. So we, um, within the work stream, we uh, put together a set of best practice guidelines, which were launched uh, at the end of last year, uh, 2016. We have subsequently, in the process of updating those guidelines, um, and within the context of those guidelines, the contracts were clearly an important part, but just, just one part of it. I mean, the guidelines cover everything from health and safety, power plant operations, management systems, data, spare parts, and so on. Um, but what was clear was the, the contracts were an important part of that. Uh, between the, the project owner, the asset manager, and the O&M supplier. Now, at the same time... Um, the Terrawatt Initiative and IRENA were developing with uh, a number of uh, the leading legal firms around the world this standardization initiative. And uh, part of that was the uh, 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 an idea to have a standard contract for, for O&M. So it, fit, it fitted perfectly with the work we were doing. And um, so to avoid any overlap, we've been working very closely with them. And uh, 
through the Terawa Initiative uh, leading this process, we've been providing uh, uh, feedback and input from an industry perspective. Um, so players such as Electris uh, uh, providing uh, leadership and input to uh, the guidelines, but also specifically to what we, you know, what we see as a, a vital tool uh, in the process of streamlining and um, reducing the cost of uh, of solar is this tool the the O and M contract the standard contracts for for O and M. Well, the, the the best practices just to answer the question, Rena, what is the difference between the best practices document and the uh, contract template? Um, the the best practices is not a legal document. Uh, it's, it's not a contract with all these legal clauses and definitions about force majeure events and similar. So the, the initiative started, as Bruce said, when it was clear there was a huge gap in the European solar industry. Uh, although being uh, the first movers, the pioneers in the solar uh, in the solar space, I mean Europe, um, we we just missed, you know, uh, evolving uh, in, in my eyes. So we saw uh, industry, we saw markets w which started much later than Europe evolving in, 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 in that direction much faster, like US, for example, where they have been developing uh, quite a series, quite a long list of, of, of best practices and similar documents. Uh, so I think Solar Party Europe picked up very correctly and uh, identified the need in the market and started this initiative uh, about almost two years ago. Now, the, the purpose there was to um, to prescribe out of the experience of uh, gains throughout the years in, in, in Europe, what should the best practices be uh, for uh, providing O&M services? Now, the, I think uh, one of the major differences from what we've seen in other, uh, uh, in other regions is that this document did include um, uh, a broader range uh, of activities. So although we were seeing similar documents focusing on maintenance and you know, site, uh, uh, on-site work, uh, we decided from the very beginning to include both the operations and maintenance as the word said. So I would say that even from the beginning was the major differentiation factor. So not just focusing on the technical um, field work alone, but also discussing anything that has to do with the operations. Uh, now going or being very close in releasing the, the second version, version uh, there has been uh, some substantial changes uh, which are gonna be announced in December in London. And apart from, of course, fine tuning the existing document and collecting all the feedback throughout the, the last months, uh, we have worked a lot on health and safety, which is a sensitive subject uh, by itself. Uh, we have included a section for technical asset management, and the reason we did that is because in some regions, O&M uh, is understood as technical asset management, and in some others as just maintenance. So we did want to cover both maintenance operations and technical asset management in one single document. Uh, we've worked uh, quite a lot on the definitions of KPIs, and, uh, and as Bruce said um, just a minute ago, um, 
we came across this opportunity, uh, if I can call it like that, with uh, the standard contract with the CSI. And so we had to align the best practices document, the KPIs and various other points in the document with the standard document that is currently under development. So there's been some rearrangement. We added uh, an additional section about contractual guidelines, of course, um, as I mentioned, the, the, the purpose of the document is not to go into the legal details, but give the framework uh, of uh, providing operation and maintenance services and key points um, uh, about uh, for, for O&M contracts, which are in this case completely aligned with the O&M standard contract that we are working together uh, in, the, in the work stream of, uh, of okay, so the event in London um, describes standardization as an opportunity to facilitate higher standards and lower costs, uh, those two pillars in the solar PV industry. Sophie, your organization has um, is hosting or is – tell us about how your organization is involved in this event and how do you as a, an attorney working um, – with this and working with the SESI O&M work stream to do the contract template for O&M, how do you see uh, higher stand, lowering, increasing standards, let's see if I can talk, and lowering costs? Yeah, the, um, we are indeed invited to uh, contribute to uh, uh, this. Um, Bird and Bird uh, has a very special, uh, has a dedicated energy uh, and utilities practice. Um, over the past years, we've also worked on one third of the um, solar um, transactions and project developments that have taken place in Europe. Um, so that provides us with good insight um, into the market, um, but also provides us with um, uh, um, uh, good insight to the contracts that uh, have been entered into. Um, the way uh, um, uh, we can hire the standards is just based on, um, as it's it's been discussed already, we, we, we take the whole... The, the, the existing expertise that is um, uh, is there with all the uh, related um, uh, market parties, and um, we combine that with the um, uh, uh, simplified uh, uh, contracts um, who already deal with an appropriate um, uh, balance of risk, um, and whereby the the, the 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 most appropriate party. Uh, um, uh, is uh, attributed with uh, uh, wealth and risk uh, rather than um, that uh, parties that are uh, going into project development are still trying to reinvent um, uh, the positions of each party and and um, trying to reinvent the, the, the balance between the uh, contracts. Um, parties can 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 trust that that the the, the standardized uh, agreements have taken on board all uh, of the experience of the past years and have um, uh, created uh, that balance already, and that enables the parties to uh, feel feel comfortable with the standard set of documents, and it it, it should also create a certain trust in in um, in this in the set of documents um, that that sort of uh, creates then that parties are feeling comfortable with the set of documents and are 
and, and, and with the um, balance of risk and that they're not uh, feeling that they should try to reinvent the wheel or they should try to um, uh, renegotiate and shuffle around positions. So this, this theme of um, increasing uh, standards or performance and lowering costs, Jean Pascal, the, the core, there are three core pillars in the SESI initiative that Terawatt and Irina have created, which is simplification, balance risk, and innovation. How do you see those pillars applying to the two aspects that this event in December is addressing? To, to, be, to be honest, uh, there, there's uh, many, uh, there's so many ways uh, that it, it, it can it can happen that uh, it's very difficult uh, to, um, to, 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 to to give them all. But um, um, basically, uh, what we all aim at is really uh, to uh, to to make the uh, the choice uh, of solar a rational economic decision uh, and each and every pieces that can be put each and every forces that can be put into the battle in order to make solar more competitive than any other fossil uh, any fossil I should say uh, so that uh, so that there is no question about uh, choosing solar or choosing renewables, generally speaking, uh, as a source of power for for the uh, 25, 30, or 40 uh, next years uh, must be must be must be used. Uh, that means that it's uh, it's uh, it's a multiple approach. It's a, a risk approach. It's a, a harmonization of legislation. It's a, uh, standardization of contracts. It's also an, an innovation. We didn't uh, uh, talk uh, on this uh, on on this uh, podcast uh, uh, about uh, the impact of digitalization uh, on on what we are doing and and how uh, intelligence can uh, can bring uh, can bring the renewables and solar in particular at, at, at its next level of integration into the system for the benefit uh, service of the um, uh, of the communities and the people uh, and how it relates uh, to the to this uh, this uh, December event is uh, it's uh, only uh, uh, the fact that uh, well. Uh, what is at stake here is really about how make this this cost uh, go down. And uh, you, in the previous uh, question, there was about the quality and the higher higher the, the standard, the, the quality standard. Uh, this is uh, one way uh, to also reduce the cost, uh, and that's the financial the, the financial trick of it. Uh, is uh, uh, as uh, especially in, in developing and emerging countries because uh, of the importance of the cost of capital. Cost of capital is uh, the most important uh, uh, element of cost in the solar uh, uh, cost of electricity. That's something people tend to 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 forget, especially in Europe, because for a long time uh, there was uh, this uh, this question of the cost of equipment. 
that was uh, completely in front of uh, of the eyes of everyone, but everyone was uh, forgetting about the cost of, of capital, especially because in Europe the, uh, the the cost of capital was not that high. Uh, but in most of the emerging countries uh, and developing countries, it's more than seventy percent of the cost of electricity that comes from the cost of capital. And and the reason, one of the reasons uh, of this high cost of capital is the risk. Uh, and, and and the risk perception from uh, the industry, uh, from the oh, sorry for the financiers, uh, which can be dealt partly uh, with by the by the industry, uh, and higher standards and higher quality standards in particular uh, are providing more uh, confidence uh, of the financiers in, in the capacity of the asset to provide the cash flows that are necessary to pay back. Uh, the, the, the financing, uh, and uh, consequently uh, means uh, that uh, they are ready uh, to give up a little part of the risk premium that they usually take. Uh, and on uh, capex-intensive uh, equipment like solar, it 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 makes a huge difference. Um, and but the question is uh, how how make higher standards with lower cost, and that's exactly what what Sophie uh, mentioned. It's just because you're standardizing it uh, and making it, making it like uh, uh, embedded uh, in every deal uh, as part, a natural part of it, rather than having it uh, uh, put on top of the thing. So, so Bruce, I just want to see. I just want to make sure that I understand. So, you, we've got the Solar Power Europe um, O&M guidelines, which is really kind of a manual, a, sta- a, a set of definitions and best practices, and uh, really you can operationalize, um, you, you can streamline your organization by using these guidelines. And then then we have the global, um, the SESI initiative, the set of seven contracts, which will basically streamline the whole legal aspect of solar development and operation. First of all, do I have that right? And then second, um, how do those two things come together at the December event and what can attendees expect in terms of inputs there? Yeah, I think you summarized it quite well. The, I mean, the best practice guidelines, if you like, is a manual, a sort of instruction manual. Um, as Vasilis rightly pointed out, it's not a legal document. Um, it's, it's best practice guidelines, exactly as it says. Uh, the the SESI uh, initiatives and the contracts come out of that is, is, if you like, a toolkit that can be used um, by the industry to as, as part of that best practice guidelines. So when they you know when they're doing deals, when they're negotiating. Um, they can use those contracts to facilitate and speed up the process, lower the costs. The the event, if you like, pulls that all together. So um, there's no point having this uh, these guidelines and uh, and contracts without um, them being used. And I think the, the the main objective of the event is to raise awareness uh, about these documents. Uh, highlight the advantages of them and uh, uh, and encourage the industry the wider industry to 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 use them um, we will be doing uh quite a significant launch uh at that event on the seventh of december in in london of the of the um the new updated best practice guidelines version two point zero if you like um, 
uh, which uh, Vassilis and Electris have been leading on as part of the, the Solar Power Europe O&M task force. Um, but also we'll be uh, launching and um, announcing the, the O&M contract part of the, the CESI, the standardization initiative. Um, and then shortly after um, the, the Christmas break in January, the contracts will then become available once they've been presented and approved at the IRENA General Assembly in Abu Dhabi in January. The contracts would then be made available. So I think our role as the the Solar Association in Europe, but also representing the global industry, is to um, promote and disseminate these guidelines and the contracts to to the industry and encourage them to use them. Excellent. Yeah, uh, Go ahead, please. Sorry, sorry, maybe if I can step on that, is, uh, is the, the fact that the, 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 you have to keep in mind that the, the contract, in a way, uh, the, the standardized contract is one of the best practice uh, that is promoted in the, in, in the, best, in, in the guidelines, um, uh, for one. And, and uh, the, on the other side is the, the contract themselves uh, said, uh, what for uh, when you are an OEM uh, provider, you need to to provide, uh, and then the question is how you will provide it, and uh, with what standard of quality you will provide it. Having guidelines like the, the one that has been uh, developed by by the Solar Power Europe is is uh, something which is really crucial for the parties to the contract, especially for the the one which is not. Um, the, the the OM provider, not the professional. I mean, in a lot of cases, it's it's the asset owner and the banker uh, that we are talking about. It's just to have something uh, where they can uh, they, the, to which they can refer uh, and and as being the the the, the way the, the expected uh, um, behavior of an OM provider in the uh, performance of the contract. Uh, and that helps also very much the industry and the OM providers to uh, um, to, to raise the level of, uh, of quality of what they are doing. And also, again, to, to, to raise the, the trust uh, that uh, these players can, uh, can inspire uh, to uh, the asset owner and the, the banker, the lender. So, Vasilis, thank you, Jean uh, Jean Pascal, and Vasilis, uh, just briefly, what what can folks um, in the industry expect from Guidelines 2.0? Well, we, as, as, as I mentioned previously, we are uh, we have already integrated a lot of um, substantial changes. Uh, for example, health and safety, we work quite a lot on that. Uh, we did include a section for technical asset management. We reworked a bit the uh, KPIs. Uh, I think what is more the most important, probably as a, as a as a as an addition there, is that we included a section about contractual guidelines. Uh, and this section is actually in uh, complete alignment with the uh, standard contract um we've been working with 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 um, with the rest of the uh, work streams in, in the SESI initiative uh so uh, and uh, as as actually has been pointed out by all of you and i have never thought of that term uh to be used i think the best practices now work so nicely together with the uh, standard O&M contract you can you can use you can 
look at that as an instruction manual, basically. I mean, you have the, the standard contract, the O&M contract, so from the legal perspective, uh, fitting together with all the rest of the SESI initiative, and the best practice is the instruction manual on how actually to provide these services in the best way, what to expect from your O&M providers, uh, and how exactly in detail should these services be provided down to the last day. So we, we've spent a lot of time elaborating on the technical stuff, like uh, how monitoring should be done. Uh, so there is, a, there is a lot of work that we have added in the last year. And uh, I'm glad also to say that we had a lot more, um, let's say, involvement from Solar Power Europe's members and much more contribution. Uh, which I think the, the value of the document comes from the members of the task force. And the more members we have there, the more value and more experience we can integrate into the document. So I would not actually see that as an isolated document or an isolated initiative. Now, together with the uh, standard O&M contract from SESI, I think the, these two documents, there are like, uh, work together, uh, the instruction manual and the actual legal uh, framework to conduct these services. Plus, of course, as I mentioned, a lot of uh, new additions, uh, more details about specific subjects, and uh, some sort of rearrangement of the chapters to make that easier to understand and more clear and, and, and simpler uh, to read. Yeah, and if I may add to that, uh, first of all, I would like to. Uh, to congratulate uh, Vasilia and, and, and the teams for, for the, this huge work of putting together this uh, version 2.0 of the guidelines and, and invite maybe Bruce uh, to think about uh, having a, a guideline uh, like that for all of the standardized contracts, for each of the standardized contracts. Uh, so that uh, the, the industry goes more into the operational details of what the contracts are providing. Yeah, absolutely, Jean-Paul. That's a great idea, and uh, certainly something we will take forward, both at a European level and an international level. Um, as you as you know, I mean, there is a mirror to what's happening in Europe at an international level. Uh, we're working with yourself at Terra Initiative and with Irina um, uh, within the Coalition for Action. Uh, developing there um, a, a, a similar model, if you like, an instruction manual. We call it a white paper. It's more appropriate for decision makers. They seem to uh, consume white papers easier than than um, than the best practice guidelines. But it's a, it's a similar content, which is basically uh, how to. Um, remove the barriers, uh, we're providing solutions and policy recommendations to scaling up renewables uh, in, in emerging markets. And that, if you like, is the instruction manual. Um, and then alongside that is the toolkit of which SESI is uh, one vital part of that toolkit. So um, we can do this in Europe, we can do this internationally. And as you say, we should roll that out across the other contracts as they become available in January, that there's an instruction manual, a best practice guidelines, if you like, that goes along with them. I think that's an excellent idea. Well, it sounds like that's job security for everybody on this call, right? Because that's a whole lot of work we just talked about. Um, okay, so I have a practical question for um, Sophie and then a a question about dissemination for uh, Jean Pascal. Sophie, you as an attorney, 
you have a unique point of view. All of these organizations that we're, that we're trying to reach with these standardization um, initiatives have attorneys. How, from your point of view, can you, how can these other, what would you say to these other attorneys in terms of using these template documents? Um, uh, yes, uh, all these uh, uh, market party parties have their own um, attorneys, also their own in-house counsels. Uh, what I would say is, is embrace this uh, set of documents, uh, trust on the people that have been doing this for years and years, um, uh, uh, help yourself by lowering the cost of your own project development, and um, uh, spend the, the time wisely by um, uh, focusing on innovation rather than on um, spending costs on, on, on agreements that have already been um, entered into for um, uh, many times and, and, and trust the, the, the voice of uh, the market, of the, of the um, suite of contracts. Excellent. And John Piscal, how, how will the industry be able to access the approved documents in January, right? They will be approved in, at IRENA, and then what happens? How do, how do the documents get out there? Uh, um, right. Maybe, maybe uh, before, before answering your question, a little comment on, on what just, uh, what Sophie just said. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been, uh, I've been an attorney, uh, and also, uh, in-house counsel, uh, uh, for, for many years. And I fully agree at some point, uh, doing these contracts over and over again becomes really boring, and and we think that when you are when you, you think when you are doing that that you are, well, probably do spend your time more wisely doing innovation and thinking about the how how things will happen rather than copy paste and and and, and spend nights uh, doing something which is really getting boring. Uh, so. Uh, Digitalization, you can have the feeling that some some that this will take away some some work from the law firms, uh, but from what I know and what I've lived, uh, honestly, that's not the, the most interesting part of the business that you are taking away from them. Um, about the dissemination of it, um, um, there 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 is. It's really a, a matter of uh, of, uh, of market. It's, it's not uh, the, the the approval uh, the approval by the government at the arena uh, is uh, it, it doesn't make it a law. Uh, it gives a stamp, which is a very important one, because then you can you can say in your advocacy that the governments are happy with that, and no one will complain about it. Uh, but uh, it's really a matter of uh, having the, 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 the private sector parties uh, to, uh, to, to use them. And uh, there's uh, several ways of, of dissemination. First of all, uh, they are uh, open source, so they will be, they will be uh, freely accessible to everyone uh, on, on the, 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 the websites of Arena as well as Terawatt and, and any, anyone and any other partners of these initiatives. Uh, if they want, uh, uh, and then start uh, a, a long advocacy uh, process uh, uh, through uh, people uh, towards people that uh, are uh, 
uh, can can promote uh, and be uh, prescribers of, of these contracts like the lenders uh, and and uh, we we have a, a very uh, strong network of lender in the lender community uh, in the lenders community to 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 promote that uh, uh, there is also an advocacy uh, towards the industry and I think that the what is Bruce and the Solar Power Europe and the Global Solar Council is, is doing is, is absolutely great. Um, and, uh, uh, and 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 uh, there, there there is also the, this this uh, very specific uh, uh, instrument that we are currently developing and hope that we'll be able to to put together uh, next year. Which is called, known as the CRMM, the Common Risk Mitigation Mechanism. And I want, if you allow me, uh, make a little uh, uh, digression uh, on that. Um, uh, the International Solar Alliance and 17 countries have interested a task force. Garawat uh, uh, is a member uh, of it. Uh, to uh, in last in last May to. Uh, Help them uh, to uh, design uh, 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 a risk mitigation mechanism, a credit and answer, uh, other, other, otherwise said, um, uh, to uh, limit and to ex or to manage or to transfer the risk uh, that are not manageable by the market, the, by the developers, uh, mainly the contrary risk, the off-takers risk, and uh, the currency-related uh, risks, which are the forex and, and the transfer and convertibility, uh, to a specific uh, international entity in order to de-risk uh, projects in uh, developing and emerging countries where the ISA is active, the International Solar Alliance. And uh, we are uh, working right now on this feasibility study that we will uh, uh, release uh, publicly uh, during COP23 also, uh, and uh, one of the outcome uh, of uh, of uh, that is that uh, the de-risking mechanism can only work properly if it uses uh, if the parties are using the standardized documentation. Uh, it being uh, understood that. Uh, in order to be able to assess the risks of projects uh, easily at, and at cost, uh, cost effectively, you really need uh, to have a standard-based risk allocation uh, used, uh, which is reflected in, in, the, in the standardization uh, suite of uh, SCSI. So basically, uh, or, or the, uh, if I put it another way, uh, is uh, well, if people want to uh, benefit from this de-risking instrument, they probably will need uh, to use uh, the standardization uh, instrument and, uh, and uh, contracts, and that's that's one of the very powerful way to disseminate uh, this uh, this contract. It's just because it will be necessary for something which actually opens the market. Excellent. Well, we will have um, 
links to all of the pages, the event pages that we've mentioned in this series of discussions. Uh, we will have links to the documentation that you can download uh, once it's available and for the uh, documentation that is available now. When I think of all of the amazing work you and all of the many companies and professionals uh, and climate leaders and solar leaders that are involved with this, uh, it seems that we are taking out the friction in the market and opening it up um, for innovation, which the planet desperately needs. So I congratulate all of you and I thank you all for the work that you're doing um, and for joining us on these the series for the Solar O&M Insider. Thank you, listeners, for joining us for this special episode of the Solar O&M Insider, dedicated to the O&M standardization efforts by Solar Power Europe and the Global Solar Energy Standardization Initiative. I'm Glenna Wiseman of Identity3. The Solar O&M Insider podcast series is brought to you by Electris at electris.com.